Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We're so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. Uh, well, we are in a series called At the Movies, and uh, our contention is that God speaks to us in many, in various ways, and uh, this month of August, we're allowing God to speak to us through stories, uh, through great tales, and uh, this morning, uh, we're actually uh, letting God speak to us through a true story. Uh, as you saw on the bumper, it's about this woman, uh, this lady named Phyllis Sorter, who founded uh, an organization called Schools for Africa. And uh, this particular uh, part of her story is a documentary of her being kidnapped uh, by a group of thugs held for ransom and uh, miraculously uh, liberated from that predicament and kind of engage us in the story. want to ask you a question. Have you ever been kidnapped? And, uh, you know, for most of us, we're probably thinking, well, that's an odd question. Uh, unfortunately for many, that's not such an odd question. In fact, I have a friend who runs an organization. It's called the uh, Set Free Movement. And uh, this particular organization uh, has the goal of putting an end to human trafficking. And unfortunately, there are far too many people, especially children, who experience kidnapping. I saw one uh, video of these uh, horrendous, horrific clips of, of children actually being uh, taken off the streets. Uh, their mother perhaps had turned away for one brief moment, and uh, her children were grabbed, and off they went to a life of slave enslavement. And, uh, you know, millions of people uh, today, as the website proclaims, are be still being held and living in slavery. Uh, but for others, this idea, have you ever been kidnapped? It, it's kind of a metaphor uh, of being kidnapped is an accurate metaphor for being overwhelmed and swept away by their circumstance. Uh, you might think of uh, victims of flooding or tornadoes, uh, circumstances that are beyond our control, but suddenly throw our lives into a state of upheaval. You know, uh, the first disciples, the followers of Christ, uh, had to cope with this reality as they put their hope in God, their faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter, one of those first disciples, writes this uh, to his friends. He says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. You know, uh, Phyllis's uh, inspiring story speaks to us about God's faithfulness during those times when fiery ordeals come upon us, sweep us away, and suddenly we find ourselves uh, caught up or kidnapped by our circumstance. Uh, Phyllis uh, calling uh, to meet uh, injustice with mercy to serve uh, the people of Nigeria, in particularly a, a tribe called the Fulani. Fulani. Uh, it's kind of an unfolding story. I want you to hear a bit of the backstory. Uh, Phyllis was born and raised in Mozambique on a Portuguese uh, missionary uh, compound with very strict rules. As she remembers, they were not allowed to have any black people in their home unless they were there as servants. Uh, she grew up with African children uh, with this horrible sense of that uh, they were being treated unfairly. There was a gross injustice happening. And she remembers as a child having this notion, this is wrong. 
there's something not right about this. And uh, her parents would often respond to her sense of injustice. They would say, we know it's wrong too, but there's nothing we can do about it. We either obey the rules or we have to leave the country. And uh, Phyllis goes on to share when she was in middle school, as she developed a friendship with one of these uh, African children, uh, began to hang out together. And when it was discovered that she had a black friend, she was sent off to a boarding school. And uh, there she recounts in her teenage years, uh, preteen years, uh, witnessing horrible injustice in the name of apartheid and segregation. Uh, she recalls seeing black men beaten and thrown in the street. Uh, she had the horrific experience of witnessing the rape of a black woman. And um, she, um, she uh, begins to really formulate this sense of uh, this is not right. Someone needs to do something about it. In fact, uh, she asked this question, uh, why are we as white people better than people with brown skin or black skin? Uh, it wasn't right. It didn't feel right. And so uh, Phyllis shares, I've always had this desire to help people who have been pushed away, people who have been mistreated. Uh, you know, uh, that sort of uh, inclination, that reaction to injustice, uh, some people call that a transformational experience where our view of the world, our view of God, our view of ourselves are shaped uh, by an intense experience. And uh, here's an unfortunate reality. These transformational experiences are many as we're in our childhood, in our teenage years, in fact, even into our 20s. But by the time we reach our 30s, we begin having fewer and fewer of these sort of uh, paradigm-shaping in, uh, influences in our lives. We tend to cordon ourselves off. We get set in our ways. And uh, as people who have observed uh, thousands of folks going through life stages, they've noted that in the 40s and beyond, there are virtually none of these transformative experiences that shape our reaction to things in the world. Uh, we're basically, as I said, set in our ways. I want to just proclaim that's not right. And that's not the way that God calls us to live on this world, in this world. In fact, Jesus said, uh, if you want to follow me, you need to become like a child to even enter the kingdom of God. And that means we're open to being shaped by reality as we encounter it. Uh, well, uh, here's the truth, uh, that as you look at Phyllis's story, this uh, horrendous experience of being kidnapped, uh, I've observed this, that God's favor rests on and accompanies anyone who will stand with people and contend for his justice and mercy. Uh, hear those words again. It's such a defining part of Phyllis's uh, view of life and her impact uh, on the people of Nigeria. Uh, God's favor rests upon and accompanies anyone who will stand with people and contend for God's justice and mercy. You know, this could be anything uh, that you do to stand up for those who are marginalized. It could be selling uh, lemonade to raise funds uh, for those who are experiencing uh, food shortages. It could be setting up a garage sale to serve people who are marginalized and in need in our community. It could be offering hospitality in Christ's name. In fact, I heard this defining 
aspect of hospitality. It's not just opening our hearts and our homes to strangers. It's opening them to their ideas, their strange ideas as well, as we begin to embrace the people that have often been pushed away from God's goodness. And, uh, you know, God does stand with us when we stand with people. Uh, listen to this uh, Old Testament declaration about the nature of God. Uh, the writer of the Chronicles says, For the eyes of the Lord are searching back and forth across the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are inclined or perfectly inclined toward him so that he can show his great power in helping them. That's a, that's a profound revelation of the nature of God as he's actually searching through the nooks and crannies of this world, uh, looking for individuals like Phyllis whose hearts are inclined towards God and they see the injustices towards people and they want to do something about it. In fact, you could say it like this. God fights alongside people who will fight for other people. Uh, think of the different callings and ministries that are uh, articulated throughout the pages of Scripture. As Isaiah stands before God and he sees the brokenness of his people, he makes this declaration, Here am I, send me. Uh, think of Mary being chosen to carry the Savior of the world. She said, Lord, be it unto me according to your will. This is profoundly confusing and difficult, and I can't imagine it happening, but be it unto me according to your will. A great picture of Jesus in the book of Revelation. There's a scroll uh, containing uh, God's plans, his purposes for all of humanity through all of time, and uh, there was no one worthy to open this scroll. And one, it says that, look like a lamb who had been slain, we know it's uh, the crucified Jesus, approaches the throne and takes this scroll. It's a picture, someone being willing to say, God, here am I, uh, send me to meet the needs of people. Uh, love the prophet Ezekiel, again, describing this aspect of the heart of God. Here's what he said, uh, God's saying, I looked for someone among them, among people that are marginalized or being treated unjustly, I looked for anyone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, but I found no one. Uh, what an amazing uh, reality. God searching for those who will stand for people, not being able to find anyone who was willing to stand in the gap. Well, Phyllis, uh, from the, her earliest childhood, uh, had this inclination, saw the injustice, wanted to be someone who uh, would stand for those people and to fast forward to adult, her adult life. Uh, she's doing that very thing. She's living in Nigeria, and she describes uh, the very first time she saw the Fulani people uh, as they were herding their cattle through the village she was in, and she asked some questions. Who are these beautiful people? I've never seen them before. And the response she got was forget about them. They are the Fulani. They are nomads. They live with their livestock. Uh, they bring their herds uh, down and they ruin our crops. They are dirty. They are dangerous. They don't even speak our language and they are Muslims. Stay away from them. And uh, I love Phyllis's response as she heard that edict about the Fulani people. She said, I knew in that moment that I needed to stay close 
to the Fulani. What a wonderful reaction. And I believe, again, displaying the heart of God. Well, uh, Phyllis is uh, embarking upon that effort. She's standing with the Fulani. She's uh, creating this organization, Schools for Africa. She's helping them uh, create government policy that allows them to uh, feed their herds. And uh, on this one fateful day, uh, she just found out that the government had allowed the Fulani uh, 10 times the amount of grazing land that they originally had been allocated. She's watching the children play. She's sharing this good news with some of the leaders of the village. And all of a sudden, they hear gunshots. They see men running toward them. Uh, Phyllis is grabbed. She's struck across the face. Uh, she's taken. And at gunpoint, she hears these words, Today is the day you die. Uh, today is the day you die. You know, they say a definition of a crisis is something comes upon you that is beyond your current ability to cope with. Uh, hear that again, the definition of a crisis is something that comes upon you that is beyond your current skill set. And certainly what took place with Phyllis that day as she was apprehended and kidnapped was beyond her current ability. But here's the thing about a crisis. You may not have the skills to handle it, but if you walk humbly with God, uh, he prepares you to experience him in it. That's a critical distinction. You may not have the skills, the ability uh, to figure it all out, but if you walk humbly with God, he will prepare you to experience him in the midst of it. That is such a huge reality for followers of Christ. Uh, I love this one story in the Gospels. Uh, Jesus invites the disciples to go with him and cross the lake. And uh, midway through, uh, a furious squall came upon them. The waves were mountainous. They, they were all certain they were going to die. And uh, one of them makes this proclamation. Uh, you got to hear it in the King James Version. This language really brings out what was going on in their hearts. They cried out, Lord, carest thou not? You know, we're going to drown. We're, this storm is overtaking us. We can't cope with it. And uh, you're asleep in the boat. That is such a a glimpse of how we often respond when we're in the middle of crisis, when things come upon us, when we're kidnapped by our circumstance and we don't see the way out. It's easy to ask that question, Lord, don't you care? Don't you notice? Don't you see what's currently happening as I'm being taken, struck, beaten, threatened? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you're there today. Maybe you're going through some things where... You feel like God has lost track of your situation. He's allowed things into your life that you never planned on having to cope with. Uh, I visited with a good friend yesterday who surprised the heck out of me by disclosing, uh, I'm going through a divorce after 26 years of marriage and raising wonderful kids. Uh, all of a sudden, he's in the middle of a crisis and a storm, and it can be easy to have that feeling, ask that question, Lord, carest thou not? Well, the truth is he does care. He is there. Uh, Jesus said uh, there will be times you go through difficulties. Now is your time of sorrow, but afterwards there will be joy. Uh, that's a huge perspective. You know that quote, uh, today is the day you die. 
You know what that's meant to do? Uh, that's meant to, to uh, kill hope in the heart of a Christ follower. And often, uh, we may hear it in our minds, it may come to us through a person who, who says, it may not say, today is the day you die, uh, but through their words, through their disposition, they communicate, this is hopeless for you. You're not going to get through this. And uh, we may not know it, uh, but that's often the voice of the devil, the evil one who comes to steal and kill and destroy. And he often uses uh, inadvertently uh, people as his mouthpiece and his spokesperson. Uh, well, uh, there's no hope for you. Uh, that is contrary uh, to the very revelation of God. Uh, loving the book of Hebrews as people are going through their own crisis. Uh, they're in the middle of their own storm. They're being kidnapped by their circumstance. And uh, the writer uh, writes these uh, hope-defining words to them. He says, we have this fact that Jesus died for us, rose from the dead, is in the very presence of God praying for us. We have this as an anchor for the soul that is firm and secure Whatever it is we happen to be going through, well, uh, as Phyllis's kidnap story unfolds, uh, there, was a, there was a turning point for her. Uh, she said they, they, they ran uh, into the wilderness, uh, her captors uh, prodding, pulling her on. She lost one of her sandals, had to keep running, running, running. Uh, she said at one point she tripped and fell face down in the mud uh, under gunpoint. They said, you can rest. And uh, as she lay there in the mud, she vomited, uh, exp explains that the, the vomit was in her hair, and uh, she had a revelation. And she said, I began to see myself as my captor saw me, as weak, as despicable, as a victim of my circumstance. And uh, this truth uh, came to her heart and her mind, and it began to be the turning point in her experience. Uh, here's what she said. She knew that if, if I want to get through this, I am going to have to take control of myself. I couldn't allow myself to have this mentality of being a victim. And uh, as you see her story unfold, uh, she began to think thoughts like, uh, I am somebody. I'm not a victim. I'm here on assignment. I have a purpose and a calling uh, you know, you might say, but well, that's Phyllis. She is somebody. She was somebody. Well, the truth is, so are you. <laughs> you are somebody that is positioned by God in your circumstance. And uh, that lie that uh, this is hopeless, and no good thing is going to come from this. Uh, at some point, we have to take control of ourselves, take a stand, and realize that because of who I am in Christ, uh, I can endure this. God is in the middle of this. I think of Paul's words uh, to the Ephesian church. He writes this, uh, finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Uh, for what reason? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, so that you can stand in the midst of your crisis, your storms, uh, when circumstance have kidnapped and swept you away, well, as Phyllis had that revelation, I need to take control of myself, and I am somebody as a follower of Jesus Christ. She said things begin to change. Uh, in fact, uh, 
one of the one of her captors uh, began to look differently upon her as uh, wisdom came out of her heart in the middle of her circumstance uh, he began to call her mom mama and uh, he made a pledge to her he said i will not allow you to be killed even when uh, the rest of the gang uh, wanted to uh, finish her off and sell her body to the local witch doctor so that he could uh, use her parts for his magic spells and uh, this man uh, came to her aid you know uh, when we're going through it we need to realize god's in it with us and he's providing people uh, to walk through those crisis points in our lives uh, listen to paul as he himself had been taken captive he was in prison he writes these words uh, look i know that through your prayers and god's provision of the spirit of jesus christ what has happened to me my crisis my storms my kidnapping will turn out for my good for my deliverance and i eagerly expect and i hope that i will in no way be ashamed uh, think of phyllis uh, laying in the mud vomiting in her hair uh, i will in no way be ashamed but i will have sufficient courage so that now as always christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death those are wonderfully inspiring and truthful words and uh, what comes out of that is that we all need we need all the people that god supplies to survive and to thrive when we're going through our own evil day we need all the people even the thugs that god would use to come alongside and support us in our time of crisis well uh, so often uh, phyllis says we try to hide or minimize our setbacks in our weaknesses uh, but here's one of the truths that emerges from her story and from paul's story and the story of uh, thousands and millions of other followers of christ is that uh, we don't need to hide our difficulties in our weakness we can glory in them uh, what a reversal uh, we don't need to hide from the things that threaten to undo us we can experience christ in them and he can be glorified through them in fact um, paul saw that in his very imprisonment christ would be revealed through him now as always uh, i love these words of phyllis uh, sorter she says uh, as we experience jesus in the midst of our difficulties we don't interpret them as interruptions in our journey with him that takes faith uh, you know when you're being uh, hauled away beaten uh, your the intent is to murder you uh, to be able to say we don't interpret uh, our experience and our difficulties as interruptions in our journey with him rather she says they are our journey with him those crises those storms those kidnappings uh, they're not interruptions in our journey with christ when we realize that he is with us they are our journey with him and he is glorified uh, through them uh, we're going to end with these words from uh, peter one familiar with a difficult and trying circumstance he says this in all of these things you greatly rejoice so now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials there's purpose in these these have come so that the genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold 
which perishes even though refined by fire, your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, that truth about Jesus being revealed through our most difficult times as we walk with him. Uh, we'll end with this quote from, again, from Phyllis as she reflects on her story. Uh, Victory over adversity requires that we experience Jesus in the midst of our difficulties and we don't interpret them as interruptions in our journey with him. They are indeed our journey with him. Well, would you pray with me? Uh, God, we want to thank you for stories, uh, some uh, woven, others uh, just described. We want to thank you for this true story of Phyllis, this champion of yours, uh, this uh, one who chose to stand with marginalized people and to uh, do what she could to express your justice and your mercy uh, to them. And uh, Lord, thank you for the reminder uh, that the, these fiery trials, uh, they come to all of us. Uh, they come, we're not uh, privileged uh, when we call upon you. We're not guaranteed a stress-free life. In fact, just the opposite, Lord. Your word says through many difficulties and trials, you enter into the kingdom. We want to thank you, God, for your presence with us. Uh, I, I just pray right now, Lord, for anyone uh, listening to this story They've got their own story. They may be going through their own storm. They may be experiencing their own kidnap uh, adventure. Uh, Lord, and maybe they're hearing those uh, terrible words. Uh, Today is the day you die. The giving up of hope, uh, the loss of optimism, the loss of confidence. Lord, would you step into that? We know that only a revelation of you, Jesus, with us, gives us the buoyancy to rise above our difficulties. And I pray for that kind of revelation of your presence right now. Uh, Maybe as you're hearing these words, you wonder, is God even in my life? Where is Jesus in the stuff that I'm going through? Well, according to the words of Jesus himself, anyone who calls upon him will be saved. Uh, He will come. He'll not forsake them. And Uh, Maybe it's time for you to just uh, make that declaration. Lord, I want you in my life. I would invite you to just say something like this, but mean it in your heart. Uh, Lord Jesus, I've heard about your goodness and your purpose. I want that for my life. I pray that you would uh, come into my world, uh, come into my storm, into my crises. And Lord, uh, let me become aware of your loving, forgiving presence Uh, Anything I've done, Lord, my sin that separates me from you and from God's plan, I I turn from that. I turn to you. Uh, Lord, uh, give me the eyes to see you, the heart to sense you, a mind to respond to your truth. And uh, I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.